everybody. Welcome to Eminem and M Across the Board. Hope you had a great holiday and a happy new year. Eric is still busy celebrating. <laughs> happy new year. <laughs> Welcome home, Ashley. And we missed you. Thank you. Thanks. I was uh, on the, uh, the DL, the IR, whatever they call it, last week, but I'm back feeling good. And uh, yeah, guys, we got a lot to talk about. We've got NFL football, college football playoff, which we've got the national championship coming up on Monday. So we'll preview that. And we've got some New Year's resolutions that we would like to see happen. Players, coaches, leagues, whatever it may be. So we're going to give you the New Year's resolutions that we would like to see from our perspective. What's up, guys? How was your holidays? Good. Festive. Good. Lots of presents for the kids. They were happy. Yeah. The ladies here are very happy, Ashley. It was a friend's holiday, friend's monopoly, the friend's apartment complex, lots of friend's Lego stuff. All I think right. we're going to have uh, Ross or Rachel pinch hit for me next week on this. Is that okay? I am a huge friend's fan. I've got all the seasons on DVD from back when it was cool to own things on DVD. Uh, now you can get them all kinds of other places, so I spent a lot of money for no reason. But big friend's fan, it's probably <laughs> my all-time favorite show, so I can get into that. Awesome. Good, you'll have to come play Friends Monopoly. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, Sean, lead us off. NFL, we've got breaking news. The Tampa Bay Bucks just released Antonio Brown. No surprise there, but there's been all kinds of drama the past few days. So before we get into playoff scenarios and your must-win game for the Raiders, let's start there. Uh, look, this guy's a dumpster fire. <laughs> okay. Uh, put That's putting it mildly. For him to play himself off of a team where the one guy who would coddle him and an organization would listen to and Tom Brady, for it to happen again, uh, you know, you have different different viewpoints. You know, they told him to go into the game. He said he couldn't do it. They kicked him off the team right then and there. Okay. I, even given all that, to exit the way he did tells me, just reinforces what I've already known about the person. It's all about him and his world. He's had a great career. He's a great football player. But why anybody would continue to give this guy a, a chance, he, he burned his bridges in Pittsburgh, didn't show up for their last game, got traded to Oakland, never is suited up, went after the general manager with some racial slurs to finally get kicked out or cut because he knew the Patriots wanted him. And he goes there, and they says he gets he played, what, one game down in Miami, and he gets suspended for sexual assault okay. allegations. Tampa Bay brings him back on a, you know, no strikes policy. And he, they even brought him back after the, the, the fake vaccination card. And then he goes and does this. And it's, it's all about him. It always has been. This shouldn't surprise anybody. You know, Bruce Arians can only blame himself for being embarrassed last Sunday because he's the one that did it. He enabled him. And I think a lot of people have over the years. And this is what you get with him. And the fact that uh, ESPN's Josina Anderson the other day said that he could, he could picked up, now, you may have ankle surgery if you if you believe that little diatribe. But the biggest problem with this guy is, and it's very common in this country now, he's always the victim. It's never Antonio Brown. I'm sorry, it's never AB84. Okay, it's always somebody else. That's my biggest problem with him. Uh, he's a mess. And I think a lot of it, I'm sure, I know he has said there's some mental health issues and I'm very sympathetic toward that, but I'm not buying that as his overall package. I think this is a narcissistic guy who has been enabled his entire life, or at least since he became a football player, and everybody has continued to make excuses for him, and this is what happens when there's no accountability held. I can breathe now. <laughs> you know, the last time I saw an athlete do that was in the movie Slapshot. Yeah. Think about that. That was a fictional funny movie where a player uh, who later was in uh, Chips, in fact, he went to University of New Hampshire, a hockey player, his famous scene where he took off his uniform and went around the ice. I thought of that. That was funny. This is not uh, to every to every team in the NFL. Do not sign in Antonio Brown until the young man gets help and guidance that he needs. Seriously, there's something wrong there. We know, as Sean said, the football talent's there, but something's got to be done. And here are Mike Florio say this and then say, but somebody looking to get in the playoffs this week will try to do it. Think of the fan base thing. Come on, I know you're a business, but you can't do this. He's not going to change. I want to go back to Randy Moss. Where would he have wound up had he not turned the corner after the Vikings situation and signed with New England where he was told by Belichick, you do it this way or you're done. 
And you're leaving out Randy the Randy Moss. Moss. You're leaving out the two years he spent in Oakland where he quit on that football team. Well, that, right? and that's, that's Oakland's right. fault for not holding him accountable. But that's right. But that's he's another. That's the one scenario I can compare to. But he was finally given this is it, and he admits it. He turned the page. He's got the ring. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I just hope. I, I guess the league can't suspend him or force a player with contracts now to not sign. Do not sign. Get this individual some help. Yeah, and I don't disagree. There's been some interesting stuff, though, the past few days that could potentially make the Bucks seem a little more guilty than what they're playing off. Listen, Antonio Brown is alleging that he's had an MRI, that there are bro broken bone fragments, there's a torn ligament in his ankle, um, cartilage loss. If all of this is true, Antonio Brown also screenshotted what he says is a text conversation between he and Bruce Arians. You're going to, you know, someone's going to have to dive into that to see if it's legit or not. If it is legit, there is a conversation that has been had that was had prior to the game that Antonio Brown was not 100%. His ankle was not well. There was a picture of his ankle getting worked on. He had had kind of come forward with the issues that he thought he had with this ankle and said, but I'm going to try to help you win, blah, blah, blah. Whether or not that is real is a big thing. Because if it is real, then Bruce Arians lied to the faces of everyone in America to make it appear like this is all on Antonio Brown. And that's where I have a problem. Like, we've created this narrative that he has mental health issues. Now, I have a problem with the way Antonio Brown exited, ripping off his jersey, throwing his equipment, and dancing around like a buffoon. That's my problem. But if he has a legitimate injury concern and they went and lied about it, well, now you are basically making light of mental health issues and trying to blame it on mental health issues when maybe in this instance it really wasn't. So I think there needs to be some digging because I think there should be people held accountable if Antonio Brown is in fact telling the truth and that this is what happened. Because not everything can be blamed on mental health and maybe he is no. really trying and it just wasn't working. So again, I don't agree with the way he went marching off the field and made it about himself, but I do think there is could be guilt in other parties. So I hope the NFL looks into it, talks to Antonio Brown, and someone looks into the MRI, number one, but also the text conversation. Here, here, here's the problem I have with that. And the mental health thing, again, I'm very sensitive to that, okay? Yeah. But this is a guy with a pattern. We're not talking a year or two. We're talking a long time, most of his time in the league. Right. And I know he's taken some hits. And I think if people just jump to the mental health thing without having all the facts, now you're making more excuses for him to continue the behavior. Eric, you want him to get help. Well, the first rule of getting help is you got to want to get help. Right. And he doesn't seem, he's not certainly backtracking this week. He tagged Tom Brady in text messages. He's not going after Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero today in text. <laughs> that My God, you're burning that bridge with Tom Brady? I mean, the man took you in in two different places and gave you life and helped you win a Super Bowl and all that stuff. And now he's doing that. Again, I don't think this is a guy that wants help. I don't think this is a guy that thinks he needs help. And yeah, therefore, well, the behavior is not going to change by continuing want, to pay him and employ him. I don't want to get personal, but uh, I can, you can bring up an alcoholic. I've never been one. I've had some in my life, and they will not admit they are. And you're right, they won't get help. But unfortunately, others suffer, especially the person that is one. Uh, I, I do, I'm not a doctor, and I don't know if it's all mental health with him, but he needs some help in some mm -hmm. fashion. Tom Brady has tried to do it. Tom Brady, the stories out in New England that his uh, luster took a little bit of a hit because they didn't want to bring Brown in. And he said, no, no, we'll turn it around. He's tried it twice with him. I don't I, I agree with Ashley on the thing here. I think Arians has a lot of fault because suddenly Godwin was hurt and out for the year. And now all of a sudden yeah. Brown gets another chance, another chance, another chance. Something has to be done for the young man to be able to get back on the field. And it is up to him. And it's okay to say, you know what, that is not something that people do every day. So there's something wrong somewhere. And the NFL is a multi-billion dollar business and has people that can be there for you. But as you said, only if you are willing to get that help from the people you can get it from. And I have no doubt someone somewhere will give him a chance. Like there are plenty of teams who a healthy with it, Antonio Brown, which he's not healthy. So maybe it's not this year. According to him, he's not healthy. Um, but he would put them over the top. 
a Rams team up with Odell Beckham Jr. You know, there are a lot of teams, Cooper Cup, there are a lot of teams that could use him to potentially put them just kind of to that next level. I don't know that it'll happen this year, but I'm sure we'll see him in a jersey of some sort sometime soon. It wouldn't shock me if he doesn't really need surgery now. Dallas just lost Michael Gallup to an ACL. Yeah. And I heard Tampa was delaying on releasing him because they were concerned that maybe he would sign with a playoff contender and it might come back and bite yeah. him in the ass yeah. in the playoffs. Um, look, if if it all this turns out to be true that what he's saying, I'll sit here and give the full-blown retraction and the biggest apology you're ever going to give, but I'm not buying it. No. I just It's a hard time believing what the man says because yeah. his credibility is is not, not very much. Yeah. And the Tampa Bay coach is an enabler. The term well, is enabler. He is an enabler. He brought him back. And the other part right. about Brown is I read his statement last night. I don't remember the whole thing, but he was saying that he took an injection to play the game, right? If that stuff works and he was playing, that doesn't usually wear off. And okay, he might have been, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He was sore on the bench. He didn't look sore when he was doing hop, skipping, and jumping off the field. He didn't look like a guy worried about an ankle injury that might require surgery as he was leaving the field, given mm -hmm. the given the peace out sign to the fans. You can't have it both ways. And he's trying to do that. And now since then, the last couple of days, he's reemerged, blaming every other person in the world. And that that's yeah. just my biggest problem with Yeah. Tough PR spin. I'm a PR person. I wouldn't <laughs> want to try to spin that at all. Yeah, you no, can't. but I wouldn't want to be—I wouldn't want to be the Bucks either, and that's their fault for, like you said, getting into this mess in the first place. Absolutely, no. and you know what? I'm sure they're usually the truth is somewhere in the middle with some of this. Was he hurt? Would he go back in the game? Whatever. Right. Who knows? I mean, it'll come out, but eventually, yeah, but no still. doubt. Yeah, not listen. No text conversation, email. You know all that stuff. That stuff's not safe anymore. So we will no. find. I'm sure there will be much more in the coming days. Absolutely. Uh, playoffs. I. The biggest game involves your team this week, Mr. Sean Martin. Yeah, we're excited. You know, I, I felt pretty good about the indie game going in, kind of mostly because Carson Wentz played like a quarterback that hadn't practiced all week in the first half. I think at one point he was one for eight for nine yards. He got it together a little bit in the second half, but by then the Raiders had kind of found a rhythm. Um, they held Jonathan Taylor. They, he got 100 yards and didn't hold him, but they kept him from making the big game-defining play. They they made him earn his yards. It was a great win for the Raiders, and everything the Raiders have gone through this year with the Gruden thing, the Henry Ruggs thing, to, to, to go on the road in a must-win situation against a team that had won 9 out of 12, that was a gut-check win for the Raiders. And guess what? If they don't get it done Sunday night, none of it matters. So that'll be the truth. The true challenge here, the, the Chargers are a tough team. Herbert's a great young quarterback. Uh, Eckler can fantastic in the backfield and Keenan Allen. I mean, they, they have a lot of weapons, and it's going to be a tough game. I'm just hoping what, I, what I've what i said all year with the Raiders is you can tell what they're going to be like on the first possession. If they come out and throw the ball to set up the run, it's going to be a good game. They're going to have a chance. If they come out and try and run the ball and force it up the middle and start throwing screen passes, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bad, bad night. So – I want to see they were aggressive against Indy, and they went down and got points early, and they need to do that again and set the tone. So hey, no they, pod they face... It's going to be a late night what? for you. <laughs> oh, it'll be a late night for me one way or another. Uh, I'm going to have trouble sleeping. Either I'm going to be euphoric. Right. You know, the only playoff bid since 2002 was uh, in 2016, but that didn't mean a whole lot because Christmas Eve, two games to go in the year, they were beating the Colts pretty big, and Derek Carr breaks his leg. Season went up in smoke right there, and then Matt McGloin, the backup, breaks his ribs, I think, next week against Denver. And you go to the playoffs, and how could you get excited? Connor Cook from Michigan State making his NFL debut in a playoff game, and Jadavian Clowney and the Texan defense ate him alive. So it's been a long time. I'd like to get there. want to get there and win, but I just want to get there. And it's been a long time, and sometimes you got to take steps. Well, to me, there's two teams that are, deserve the word remarkable right now, and one is the Raiders. I don't know how many people thought that they could go in and do what they did. Colts, a team that has been red hot, playing great football. And the Raiders, with all the things that have happened that we've talked about all year, for them to be in this situation, to win and in, tremendous. And the other team, I have to say, is the Titans. Okay, We see now that Henry is due back. And here they are, top seed contention. They play Houston. Who thought that they'd be where they are right now? So hats off to the Titans. Hilliard has done very well. He's averaging over about six six yards rush. And if Henry is back, hopefully not this week, 
uh, to let him get fresh for the playoffs. I think Vrabel deserves a lot of credit, no doubt. I think the story right now is Tennessee and Las Vegas. Hats off to both of them to be where they are right now with the things that happened along the way. Yeah, Chargers Raiders is the big win in your end game. You know, winners in, losers out. Um, but there are other teams. Listen, the Saints can still get in with a win. Yep. They would also need a San Fran loss. The Rams and Cardinals. There are still there's still plenty of positioning. The AFC East is up for grabs between the Bills and the Patriots. Uh, plenty of positioning. What game are you guys aside from Chargers Raiders, or what scenario are you most interested in playing out? For me, Frisco and the Rams. Frisco has to have it. If yep. they lose their, you know, they can still get in if New Orleans loses. But but the Rams need it too. They want to win that division. Mm-hmm. Um, and then possibly get a second home game with the number two seed. And Arizona, you don't know what to make from them week to week, but they could still win a division here. Um, <laughs> you know what the interesting game is? And both teams need a lot of help. But both Pittsburgh and Baltimore are still alive. Yes. So they Slip. both have a lot to play for. They need a lot of help, but they can still mm-hmm. get there. And you never know. The Colts have won twice since 2014 in Houston or in Jacksonville. Sorry, they've struggled. Um, and you just never know sometimes in the NFL. And and the other one is the Bengals. No Burrow, no Mixon. But they can, they'll probably, you know, you figure the Titans and Chiefs are going to win this week. The Bengals can get a three seed because if they get the four seed, if they if they lose to the Browns and get the four seed, you know, you're possibly looking at uh, the Patriots. The Browns aren't going to play anybody either. I mean, they don't have anybody. No. This is why I'm not high on this expanded playoffs that we're talking about teams that have no business, no business being in the playoffs right now. And as for the Rams, I can't get a good read on them. I mean, how did they have trouble with a Ravens team that they should have blown out? Uh, the story there, of course, is Cup, and there's a big number coming up. 12 catches gets him to 150. That's never been done. And I think he'll get the 136 yards to get Megatron's record. I think that's something right there that is is remarkable because we thought, you know, 1964. Yes, I know an expanded game, but still, uh, I'm not talking about a Ruth Maris situation here. Cups had a great year. But Stafford, there's some things he's got to clean up, folks, if you're going to get into the playoffs as you are. But clean it up. Four pick sixes? That is absurd. We've seen him over the last month make some very questionable red zone in his red zone passes. So uh, I, I don't know what to think of the Rams. I really don't right now. But uh, as I said, the expanded playoffs is disturbing to me because of the teams that really should be uh, looking at the draft right now and not looking at a one and out. Which team? You're looking at, at Frisco. All the teams are talking about have a chance to get their 10th win. Ten and well, you mentioned you mentioned like the Pittsburgh Baltimore game. That's a long right? shot. That's a long shot. They need a lot of help. You're looking at but every they're still, they're still in it though. And that's what I'm saying. They shouldn't even be in the hunt. We know it won't happen. We know what why is that a bad thing happens. though? It's like the major league baseball, with the expanded playoffs. You want to get fan bases hope you want competitive games in week, week 18. Well, so there was not much play. better than the final day of the regular season of major league baseball this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think the more teams that have a chance, it's just what keeps the interest going for for a lot of fan bases and the players too. And you don't have you don't have JV games lining up on Sunday. Yeah, I have. I would prefer at least some interest in like Steelers Ravens versus teams that have been eliminated and nobody's playing. They've benched everyone, mm-hmm. and I understand the Bengals thing. But like, if I'm the Jags, I want to come out and punch the the Colts <laughs> in the freaking mouth. Like, yeah. if you're a team. That and I just again we're talking about now you're messing with draft positioning and all that. But if you are a grown man who has any sort of pride, my guess is every member of the Jags wants to go out and spoil a season for the Colts. Like even if we're not in, it doesn't mean we don't want to spoil the season for someone else. So I could see yeah. that certainly. And, and like you said, the Colts haven't played well against the Jags. But you've got teams who have something to play for just because they know they can affect the season of someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to stay in that division for a sec and touch on Baker Mayfield because this is really peeing me off a bit. All right. He got sacked nine times and somehow he was able to find the time to throw the ball for five interceptions. So Cleveland fans think that they have another mistake by the lake. Can we have a timeout here? Okay. All year, since game two, he has been completely banged up, hurt all season long. 
He didn't take his shirt off and say, I'm not going in, coach. Okay. He finally admitted this week and he's getting the surgery in the shoulder. Yeah. He would have played this week anyway. He's been playing with a torn labrum in his left shoulder, non-throwing, but still since week two. Injuries to the right knee, left heel, and groin. Let's see non-athletes that are home right now that would show up to work with any of those injuries. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd stay home if I had a hangnail, okay? So give him a break, folks. I, I still believe in Baker Mayfield, and I hope that the Cleveland fans will give him a break. And the poor guy uh, gets some rest and does some more of those <laughs> awesome ads from his stadium. Love those ads. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that game the other night, and all I could think of was he would have saved his entire reputation with this fan base had he gotten the surgery and hurt That's the right. team. I don't know what Case Keenum would have done. But here's a guy, yeah, he went out and gave you everything they had. Now, I, Baker Mayfield's not the best quarterback in the league. He's certainly not the worst. But he's got more fire than at least half the quarterbacks in the league. The guy plays with some passion. He makes yeah. mistakes. He reminds me a little of Brett Favre in that. He takes yeah. some risks that he probably shouldn't. That'll come with experience. But you got a guy. You know what you have. Again, he laid it all on the line. Back of what you just said, Eric, and he, and he hurt himself, and he ended up hurting the team. But he tried. And if it was that bad, that's on Kevin Stefanski and the Browns to get him off the field and say you're hurting him. There's a difference between being hurt and injured. Mm -hmm. Okay? And he was Very an injured trying to be hurt, and he ended up hurting everybody. But – that's the responsibility of the coaching staff to say, dude, the, the, the harness was hurting his throwing ability. Take him off the field. They got to do that because he's not going to. And I think he deserves credit for that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when you've got a chance to make the playoffs, there are a lot of quarterbacks who would have done exactly the same thing. There aren't a lot of guys in this league who are going to say like, you know what? I'm not going to try instead. Now they're out. So it makes sense. Don't play. But most guys are going to do that. That's what they're getting paid to do is unfortunately that's why they end up crippled and, you know, in bad shape at 50 years old. But, but if you don't try, then you get labeled a quitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Right. Exactly. You can't have it both ways. Again, yep. that well, comment, you know, it, it's got to, yeah, we'll blame mm -hmm. the Browns uh, staff for that one. So. Yeah, no um, doubt. And I think obviously there's the training staff has a responsibility to take care of its players and that's what they're there for. So do your job. Absolutely. You guys Absolutely. deserve credit for uh, the rookie of the year on Mac Jones. I think he will get that. I had said Kyle yeah, Pitts. I don't think he will. I don't you think don't so. Ooh. Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's we're, true. And like, we're gonna, I was going to say, it, it'll be Jamar Chase. And amazingly enough, like yeah. you've got a guy in Micah Parsons who might win defensive player of the year as a rookie who it's like, well, forget yeah. about rookie of the year. The guy's just going to win the whole defensive player of the he year. Should regardless of rookies. So I think there are two guys who probably deserve it more than Matt. Yeah, well, I, I had Chase Kyle Jones Pitt. For, yeah. As you know, I took Kyle Pitts. He's, really and too. he's had a great year. And, mm -hmm. and the numbers again here, the rookie tight end, the Super Bowl era to surpass a thousand. And it, I know he's got a hammy, but I hope he gets 60 yards because to break a Mike Ditka record set in 1961, that is absolutely phenomenal. And it's been a lot of fun to watch him this year uh, with a team that uh, has not been there, but he's a good reason to watch. But you're right. I, I do think Mac had a shot at it, and there's a lot of good names, and Chase has just been ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. No, the rookies have been great. I think the two that we've seen, we've talked about it before, though, like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are not in good situations. They're not on good teams. The rest right. of those guys have some talent around them. And I know in Atlanta – that's not a great team, but Kyle Pitts is a good enough piece that you've been able to see him make a, a significant difference in what they've been able to do. Uh, those two guys, the top two quarterbacks picked number one and two, uh, they've got a long way to go, but it's really because their teams have a long way to go. Um, we've seen flashes of good and bad from both, uh, but I'll be interested to see kind of what year two and three brings for those two in particular, just to see if they get better as their team gets better. You hope their team gets better. That's maybe the biggest question mark. All right. Well, hey, folks, it's a new year with new goals. Start your new year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your New Year's resolutions. It's beyond resolution day for us here at Eminem and M. Across <laughs> the board. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We're here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Luis, the VIP man, Morales, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, 
Cars with Kern. That's a new one, Savota. Or Mark from Clifton Park Ellis Jr. Connect you up with the perfect deal. And now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask Brian, buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Benice, Nicole Oser, or Cam, let's do a deal McKenna. Again, <laughs> all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals top priority. Start the new year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda and Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. I think we should have Mohawk Honda come up with nicknames for us. Oh, yes. They do a pretty good job of uh, coming up with nicknames for their own people. I've been called some pretty harsh things, so we'd see if they could match that. Well, this is a family show. But, Ashley, before you go to college, we wanted the quick quick picks of Black Monday predictions. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say Chicago, Minnesota, Washington, Denver. The coach in Seattle will retire. And I think GMs in East Rutherford and in Chicago will be gone, the one wearing blue in East Rutherford. And then every former head coach except the retiring one will become a coordinator by July. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think – I also think Pete Carroll will retire. If not, they may go in a different direction. Obviously, the Raiders are going to go somewhere different. I'm interested to see – the Jags – this is my biggest problem is like – it's so much recycling of people like the Jaguars have interviewed Todd Bowles, Doug Peterson, and Jim Caldwell. How often are we going to talk about the same damn people? Like give a coordinator. When is Byron Leftwich going to get a head coaching job? Give that guy a job. I would take a risk on that guy before I would take a risk on one of the other guys who have already had that job and proven "Eh, maybe they're, they would be good. Maybe they're not. And I understand Bowles, Peterson, and Caldwell have all had success. But, like, to me, Todd Bowles is the quintessential defensive coordinator. Like, that's who I want as my D coordinator. I don't want him as my head coach. Um, right. I, agree, though, I think Zimmer is out in Minnesota. They're, uh, I'm not sure that they'll ever win that division anyway as long as Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think Washington stays. I think Rivera stays in Washington. Uh, I think the Broncos see a new head coach. And obviously the Jags and Raiders see one up. But, like, to me, Minnesota and the Broncos are probably the two that stand out. Yeah, I think Minnesota, Chicago, Denver. I think Carroll's going to stay in Seattle another year or two, see what, yeah. see what he can do there. Um, the Raiders, Ashley, the Raiders aren't going to fire uh, Rich Passaccia Monday because they got a playoff game to get ready for. Right. We'll no, see. I know. But whether or not they play in the playoffs – I don't think it's going to matter for him. I don't think it's going to matter either. And there's a lot of smoke that Jim Harbaugh is is talking about heading to Vegas. He used to be a quarterback's coach there. He's tight with Mark Davis. You know, it would be strange coming off a a CFP run for for Michigan to see him go. But maybe he misses the pro game. We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that as a Raider fan. Okay. Speaking of college football playoff, Ashley, what do you think? Yeah, buddy. Listen, I was home way more than I wanted to be um, the, the past 10 days, two weeks. And I saw a lot of college football, probably too much, because you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I am a big proponent of expanding the playoffs. But if you do that and all those games, say there are four games instead of two, are as bad as the two that we had to sit through, I don't want to watch it anyway. They were so bad. They were not competitive. I never felt like at any point Cincinnati had a legitimate chance to win that game or Michigan had a legitimate chance to beat Georgia. At any point, I never felt like that. At halftime of the Cincy game, I was like, well, they're still in it, I guess. But, like, I never felt like Michigan or Cincinnati was going to win that game at any point. Eric and I both picked Michigan. And I really – And I thought they did, too. I I thought they would – at least be competitive. Yeah. my But, you know, the problem with me picking Michigan was my biggest argument for going against Georgia was that I didn't know how, if they were going to mentally recover from the lost Alabama. Right. Well, guess what? They recovered they pretty quick. Recovered. Um, yeah. So that game was over early, and it just goes to show you how good Georgia and Alabama are. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they didn't, you know, Georgia wasn't mentally down. Alabama didn't overlook Cincinnati. I actually think Alabama went as vanilla as they could on offense because they yep. knew – even if they did that, why show anything for the championship mm-hmm. game? Go through your basic offense. You're going to win this game. It's just they just had a bigger, stronger, faster, more talent. 
And and yeah, these semifinal games have been awful. Just Look. the last, and not just this year. Okay, the last yeah. couple of years. And I don't know. Yes. I think part of it's if you expand it, you, you might have gotten Pitt or Michigan State in there. You know, you have less chance that there's going to be an opt out uh, for for Pickett yeah. and Walker and guys like that. That's the best way to do it. But and the other hard part about these bowl games is. A month off after you play all season is a long time. Yeah, it's too long. It is. Yeah, yeah. A hot team like Michigan, after they beat Ohio State, they come back and win the Big Ten title. Now they got to sit for three weeks. You lose your mojo, and when that happens, so that might be part of it. Because yeah. great coaches, uh, Nick Saban, his teams are always prepared for bowl games. Bobby Bowden was the same way at Florida State. He knew how to prepare his team during that month, and I think a lot of coaches don't know how to do it. The. It's it's also hard because you you know that four week time frame because they're on break from school too, so these kids are watching more film than Siskel and Ebert ever did. I mean, you got to get out of the film room and and get out of there a little bit. But I agree, Michigan. It wasn't there early stage. I think the stage and the opponent just consumed them. But there's a lot of history here. Georgia's got the emotion right now. Everybody's jumping on the Bama bandwagon. They've lost seven straight to them. The recent yeah. game we know. Don't remember. Don't forget the twelve title game, the two a pass in eighteen. Jalen putting the hurts on him in nineteen. It goes on and on, as Pedro would say, "Who's your daddy?" Okay, it will not end until it ends. And frankly, Alabama to me is getting better and better. And it reminds me of the term in baseball, folks, where you, they say against Jim Palmer or Garrett Cole, "You got to get them early because they'll bite you later." So thanks a lot, Auburn, because they could have gotten Alabama, and now it is growing and growing. I mean, I'd love to see Georgia win and start something, but I think Alabama right now, with the coach that they have, they're going to pull it out, and then I'd like to see Saban take his team in the NFL playoffs. They might get a couple rounds of wins. <laughs> yeah, Sean, I think you said it best, and it's interesting that Alabama was vanilla. And I don't know that you think of Alabama that way too often, but they just didn't have to show anything. Like, they, Bryce Young, they dominated the uh, the lines. I mean, lines, line of scrimmage, offense, defense, both ways dominated. Bryce Young never looked uncomfortable. He only threw for 181 yards, and yet yeah. he had three touchdowns because Brian Robinson Jr. ran buck wild on them. I mean, just ran it down their throat. When you can run the ball that well, you don't have to do a lot on offense because Bryce Young can just sit there and dink and dunk throw for 181 yards, and somehow still that team wins by 20-plus points, which says all you need to know about Alabama. That said, I'm picking Georgia. No. Yeah, look, I picked them at the start of the year, so I want to be right. So I might as well. Okay. But what I like about Georgia is, and I know they're they 41-24 to Bama's. they, They know. Okay, they know. But I also know in college football, it's very hard to beat a team twice in one year. College basketball, they'll say it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. On but any level in college football. Yeah. It's hard to do. And I yeah. think that that might just get Georgia, Georgia's get up and go just a little more. I don't think Bama's going to get caught overlooking anybody. They're not going to be soft. They're not going to be lack of day school. They're going to bring everything they have. They're Alabama. They have the greatest coach ever to do it. I just think Georgia, at the end of the day, is a better team overall. Yeah. They weren't a better team in early December when they played Alabama, but Georgia is capable of winning this game. When I said last week, the teams needed help. The underdogs needed help for Georgia and Alabama to, to win their games. I think Georgia doesn't have to get a lot of help from Alabama and still be good enough to win this game, and that's the difference with a lot of teams Alabama plays. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, if I, If we're making picks, I am picking Alabama because – I think every time the media and people during the year when people started to think, well, Alabama's beatable. Well, Alabama might not make the college football playoff. Well, Alabama ended up number one in the college football playoff, and now they're just smacking people around like they always do. So I'm not going to pick against Alabama because they've made me and other people in this industry look too dumb picking against them. I like that you're sticking with – stick to your guns, though. If I had picked Georgia in the beginning of the season, I'd stick to my guns. I'm picking the Tide – you mentioned it, Eric. They've won seven in a row. Kirby Smart is 0-4 against Nick Saban, which, like, listen, uh, so is everybody and their mother. That's not, like, a stat that is mind-blowing. Every, nobody wins against Nick Saban. It's not like anyone has a good record against him. But in that last the SEC championship game, 
Bryce Young was not sacked, threw for 421 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Meanwhile, on the other side, Stetson Bennett threw three picks. So if that, if that again, the line of scrimmage, if that's the way things go and they don't get pressure on Bryce Young and they make Stetson Bennett run for his life, I don't, even, I don't think it's that close of a game again. I, you're talking about Saban who can adjust to the conditions, similar again to Belichick, sorry, but it's true, can, he, can see how the game is going and adjust his personnel. Okay, If it's going to be a running game, so be it. If it starts to be a blowout, you've got Bolin, you've got Latou, you've got the better quarterback. But no matter how things are going early on, they can adjust. And they don't care about the numbers, the only numbers on the scoreboard itself. I just think he is – he, he is the best coach that college football has seen, and I think they are on such a roll right now. I agree. I'm rooting for Georgia, partly because yeah. my friend Sean Martin picked them yeah. way back, and that's yep. pretty impressive. I and I do think Georgia, on paper, is the better team. And nothing gets smart, but the fact is I think that Alabama will pull this out because right now uh, they have the momentum and they have the talent and they will be able to win the shootout or the low-scoring game. And uh, at that point... It, you know, it, it would be nice to see a new turnover in a dynasty, but until Mr. Saban retires, uh, I just can't see Alabama losing this game. Yeah, I, I just think it's unfortunate because, like, I, I spent all this time watching these terrible games. Uh, I was just sort of disinterested. <laughs> and yet the games that the NCAA has taken the shine off of were the games that were so freaking good, like the Music City Bowl, Purdue-Tennessee. Nobody played yep. a lick of defense, but it was fun. The Fiesta Bowl between Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Guess what Notre Dame did again? Oh, they didn't win a game that was important. I get it. Uh, the Rose Bowl between Ohio State and Utah. Like, those games were awesome, and yet I'm not sure – I watched them, but I'm not sure how many people were interested, number one, or watched them because they just don't mean anything. Like, the name in front of it, the Fiesta Bowl – the Rose Bowl, they don't mean anything anymore, which is so unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. For me, the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl to me is the most scenic arena yeah. in the world to me. I see a game there, it's magical. And I grew up in California, so yeah. in Pac-8 country back in the day. So the Rose Bowl was the thing, the, the game. That was an awesome football game. And, and give Utah credit for bringing everything they had. Yeah. Um, but give Ohio State credit because they had a lot of their best players not playing the game. Yeah, their starting wide receivers opted out, and their their backups went in, and then the one guy had three hundred and something yards receiving. Yeah, um, that was a fun game to watch. That's ridiculous. And how cool! How cool was it to see Utah in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, yeah you know, it it's awesome. different. It's it really different. Cool. It's exciting. It was like a home game for them. I mean, and, and the entire state came. Everybody yeah. was there. They made a big day, and of course, the Rose Bowl. We wake up, and there's the parade. To me, yeah. I agree with you guys. That is what New Year's Day is all about, the granddaddy yes. of them all, and I wish that Keith Jackson's recording could continue to do the play-by-play. -play. I have a friend who actually uh, was at a school where their band uh, was there, and they said that was the highlight, no matter what happens, other than a marriage, child, whatever, is their highlight will be performing in the Rose Bowl Parade. So there's no bowl game like it, and it was exciting to see a fresh face and fresh, excited fans with their team that played really well. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I loved, they were great games. I, I'm, I was rooting for Notre Dame to win because I feel for that program. I, you know, first game as a head coach and you're in a bowl game, which is pretty awesome. And yet you blow a 14 point halftime lead. It's, it's classic Notre Dame, unfortunately. Um, pretty much. The one thing that I wanted to bring up guys, and we've talked about this, I've talked about it on multiple platforms, but opting out and, you know, guys who are going to get picked in, in the NFL draft, guys who have a legitimate chance of getting good. A guy like Matt Corral for Ole Miss plays in a game that doesn't mean Jack Diddley squat and gets hurt and potentially affects his draft status going forward. Like, I, it's a weird, it's like a tug of war for me because, yes, good for that guy for, like, standing up for his teammates and for committing to the cause and for I love that about a player, but then you see that happen, and you're just like, why the hell would you do that? What it's a, it's really difficult for me to to decide what I like. You know what I mean? Like what cause I'm behind? I'm behind both, I guess. Yeah, I hate the opt outs. I hate what it does to the matchups. We talked about it last week with Gaz. 
when he was pinch hitting and if I'm a bowl sponsor and I think I got Pitt and Michigan State coming, all of a sudden the two best players aren't playing, I'm pissed. Yeah. But I watched that Sugar Bowl game, and when he got hurt, I turned the game off. I was yeah. like, I have no interest now because he's out. But I felt so bad for this kid, and Lane Kiffin yeah. shedding tears over it. I get why they do it. I I, I think it's going to happen. That now that pe people are doing it, and the more sometimes a big prospect gets hurt, and it's, see, he was back on the field on crutches. It looks like it might be a foot injury. Hopefully it's not bad. But we're talking millions of dollars here. Okay, so it's hard to blame them for not. And Kirk Herbstreet said something in one of the telecasts saying that the opt-out culture, it's its the, this, this culture of we don't love the game. I disagree with that. I don't like it, yeah. but I disagree with the way he characterized it. And he took some heat for that too because here's a guy that has his, his footing in life and he's made his mm -hmm. money. It's hard to tell a 21-year-old college junior that, hey, go play this meaningless game in, in Boca Raton. Yeah. And if you get hurt, your, your first-round draft stock is gone. It's hard to do that. Um, well, yeah. It's hard to uh, do it. I, I see both sides. Uh, yeah. But now the words, the letters NIL will make this much more frequent. No question. Sure. They now see the opportunities they have. As a college guy and a long-time college employee, a bowl game's a bowl game. It's exciting. There are some kids that 90% of them have no NFL opportunity. This will be a big deal that they get, and the fact that they played in a historic bowl game, so it's a big deal to 90% of them. But I get it, and NIL now will force more kids and their agents to say, you, this really is not a good situation. I would wish that the decision would be made uh, once you pick to the bowl and not wait so you can practice with the other kids and, and then opt out early enough. But, Ashley, I'm right on with you on that, too. I see both sides. Uh, but to me, the college, the loyalty, and all those other kids, it is a big deal, and you want your best team to win a bowl game. Yeah, but then if you're the NCAA – and I think Sean said it earlier, doesn't it make sense to expand to eight teams? Because at least you're going to get eight teams playing instead of four. You're going to get eight teams who there are no opt-outs for because they have a chance to win a national championship. You're going to get Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Utah. Let's just say that those were the four teams. You're going to get those four teams who are playing for everything. And a lot of those guys played in those bowl games, but – you are not going to get the opt-outs from the eight best teams in the country versus just the four right. best teams in the country. So that has to be a thought process behind, okay, well, now we've made every other bowl irrelevant, but instead, let's open it back up a little bit. Instead of giving them a month off, give them a week off between, say, the start of the bowl games and a week off before the national championship, you don't need a month off. Play more bowl games. Like, or play more, play the eight teams do a bracket and play three games to get there. Yeah, by doing that, you also, again, go back to what I said, I think you get better semifinal games because teams yes. will have a game under their belt the week before. They're back in rhythm. Yeah, they're not ice cold. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're going to get, a, if it's a one versus an eight or whatever it may be, you're going to get someone getting slapped around by Alabama. But that could happen in the national championship game. It's happened in the national championship game before. So it, at some point, it, you can just chalk it up to being, okay, it's Alabama, and maybe it's unavoidable. But at least you get some good games in there, and you just get better players playing. The, we go back, though, to the trainers, and then now you're playing. You can be yeah. in the 14-game range, and that yeah. that the kids are on the field. First yep. week of August, media days, mid-July, and now you're yep. playing up to the 14 games. That's that's going to be a hard sell, though, in that respect. Yeah. They can handle. You know why they can handle it? Money, 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 money. Oh, Cash is king. It's one extra game. Adding four teams one is extra one, extra game. one extra game. One extra game yeah, yeah. for four teams, and then that's yeah. it. And you know what? If you ask these players, hey, you want to play one extra game and you have a chance to go win it all, or you can go to to an insignificant bowl game, they're playing. Yep. That's what they do by nature. So yep. just keep it one extra. That's all I'm saying. I know yeah, the trainers yeah. we're talking yeah. about young men in <laughs> in the late teens, early twenties here, and they do have a future of being a pop-up. So I'll leave it at that. I, I want them to expand to 84. Maybe Huskers can get in. <laughs> just me. That's just me. Uh, uh, Eric. It's New Year's resolution time, but before that, thank you for watching. That was a part of our, you know, wish everyone a happy new year, but also thank you for supporting our podcast in the year 2021. 
We hope to make it even better in the year 2022. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify. We will share the links on Twitter at MMMATB1, the number one. Um, so, yeah, guys, it's been fun. Thanks for having me be a part of it. But now we've got some New Year's great. resolutions that we want to see. Not for ourselves. No! How I want to eat healthier and all that stuff. Let's do some New Year's resolutions, Eric. Yeah, I milked the horn because after today, it's got to oh. sit for 12 months. So. Yeah, and a touch okay. on, on four sports in one in about two and a half minutes. Baseball, you know what I want to see. The Pirates, Orioles, and Rockies to develop players, put the damn revenue money into the minor leagues, give your fans what they deserve, a major league product. Going to throw one at you about basketball, okay? I hope that we see a team make a run for the NBA title that hasn't done it too often. That's a Utah Jazz, okay? There's a window here. The Lakers, we know, are nowhere. Brooklyn will be better now Kyrie's back until he becomes Kyrie. Golden State and Phoenix are loaded in the West. I get it. But they could be knocked off. And Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are two stars with the Jazz, but they need help. They need depth. Make a run now. We saw Utah have some fun with football. The people of Salt Lake City may never have a better chance for title number one. Remember that Carl and John never got one. Football, I was going to touch on Brown, but I'm going to turn it to Ben Roethlisberger. We hope that he will not sign anywhere. I hope he does not go into television. He is not that type of character. Not every quarterback has to go into broadcasting. And it's nice to see him go off with one team. Do not become Unitas in San Diego. Thank you very much. Hockey. Edmonton, Toronto to meet in the Stanley Cup finals. So they must <laughs> make a – see? They must make a resolution to win in the playoffs and get there. Um, He's laughing for a reason. Now the Leafs I am are hot. For a reason. You betcha. Leafs are hot right now. They're 20 and 4 Ooh. and 1 in the last 25. Wow, great. But it's January. Okay. Yeah. The Oilers are 211 of late. Get it out now. Get back on track some come June or July before the cup is hoisted. And no offense to the Lightning. I love Florida, but come on. It's been since 1993 since the cup has been presented on the ice north of the border. Oh, Canada, it's time. And this one, come February, come together. Hold your breath, you two. I want to see Red Sox and Yankee fans together. I want to see Raiders and Chiefs fans together. I want to see the old Lakers Celtics fans together. Rangers and Islanders, we're all going to come together as one at a local establishment and root together for our Olympic athletes because we need some patriotism. We need some togetherness right now. We need group hugs. We need great stories, and these young athletes provide those stories, as these two media members know here. So they've all worked hard at their craft for this opportunity. Let's all come together and give them some love. Dinah here, what you five would like to see. I won't say it will, but at least like to. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll hit you here. <clears throat> the first two that I have, one was Antonio Brown, so I'll, again, I will also bow out of that one since we covered that pretty well. Giants and Jets. I would like the New York Jets to get serious about winning football games. <laughs> because up until for the last decade, 20 years, up until today, they have not been serious about it. I think they made a good hire. I just, there is, there is so much wrong with that organization. And the Giants might even be worse off right now which is hard to believe because it feels like at least the Jets have a coach that people can get behind, players will play for. Joe Judge is a freaking joke. And Ooh. I say that as a Giants fan because I'm so sick of – maybe they want to play for him. I don't really know. His weird rant that went on for 10 minutes, but also just like he gets in front of the camera and he says he looks like an idiot because he just repeats <laughs> himself week after week about all of the good things that are happening with this team and all of the good things he saw on the field. And yet the fans haven't seen a good thing in two or three years. And that would be putting it mildly. There is nothing good happening about that team. And so for him to come out and be like, well, yeah, I like this and I like that. And I like, and just to spew all the coach speak, I want to get rid of the coach speak. I would rather have someone come up to the podium and say, you know what? We sucked. We sucked. We have to get better. This is what needs to change. That's right. my new resolution. Let's just speak the truth instead of this crap about how good we are. The Giants are not good. 
So get nope. someone who's going to man up and say how not good they are, but then also change it. Change the Ashley game. can handle the truth, huh, Sean? Yeah. yeah. Playoffs. Playoffs. So those are my two biggest ones. For the NBA, I say get rid of the age restriction because you've messed everything up by having an age restriction in the first place. You force kids to sign with the G League now, which is offering legitimate contracts. Good for them. You force them to go overseas. You've messed with college basketball, kids who are going, who quit midseason, opt out, don't want to play. It screwed everything up. Just let kids do – in no other sport is it this way. Let kids do what they want to do. Obviously, football is different. Let kids do what they want to do. Forget the one year making it – you got to go to a year of college. You got to do a year of something else. Just let them go to the NBA if they want to and figure it out on their own. That's my New Year's resolution for the NBA. And finally, for 2023, for us to not be talking about COVID anymore, I want this damn yeah. pandemic to go the heck away. That's my final one. Yeah, I agree with that. Having written college hockey teams on pause this week, stories. Uh, my New Year's resolutions, Oakland A's fans, a new ballpark down at Howard Terminal, please. Uh, baseball fans in general, a freaking labor agreement. Do it. Although I'm encouraged that there's no leaks coming out right now, so hopefully they're bargaining in good faith. I have another one I'll bring up in a little bit uh, later in the show. I don't want to uh, take away from something else. Uh, Kyrie Irving, try not to fall off the uh, the edge of the earth, pal. Welcome back, dumbass. Uh, Scott Frost, the quarterback. What's that? The flat earth. The flat earth, yes. Not to fall off the flat earth. Yeah, put some rope around your waist. Wedge yourself in. Uh, oh, we just lost Eric for a second. Scott Hello. Frost. Uh-oh. The Scott Frost, my man, a quarterback that isn't a turnover machine, a winning season and a bowl bid Ooh. and a new contract. And uh, I'll pass this on Eric. I love Scott Frost. I, I like what he, what he brings to Nebraska. He's a Nebraska kid. He played there. Um, he understands what it's like, and I think he can win there. It's just he's got to change a culture that had been toxic for years. Yeah. And uh, and then Ashley, to you and Eric, and, and by extension, uh, you know, Chris and, and and Jen, a very prosperous 2022. Um, hope we have that. So uh, hopefully, Eric can get back. Uh, do you want to start with your whiteboard? Sure do. <laughs> Unexpected glitch. This is a water cooler. Big topic here. We've got. There, I'll text him while you, you talk. Strongly. I know you feel strongly about it as well. Oh, I do. No to Novak. And I mean, it's not a hard no yet. I know there are still some things being sorted out down under in Australia. Uh, but <clears throat> listen, rules are rules. My biggest problem with the Novak Djokovic situation is that the federal government and state government were not on the same page. Novak Djokovic got on a plane assuming he would be allowed into a tournament because that's what he was told by the tournament. Then he shows up in Australia and he's basically held hostage in a hotel room because the state government says, no, 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 we don't accept your medical exemption, which I'm fine with. I'm totally fine with it. But that should have been decided before he got on a plane and flew to freaking Australia. So I have no problems with the Aussies standing their ground. I like that they're not making an exemption for Novak Djokovic because he should yep. not be different than any other human on the planet. And I know, listen, his parents are, they're calling this like a political smear campaign, basically saying that he's been treated differently. No, the difference is he hasn't been treated differently, which is what should happen. He has been treated like every other citizen that has tried to get into that country. The only reason you're hearing about it is because he's Novak Djokovic. There are plenty of people and players who are not allowed into the tournament because they didn't have medical excuses, legit medical exemptions. They just weren't named Novak Djokovic, so nobody cared. The reason everybody cares is because it's Novak and he's trying to set records that no one has. A Fine. But you are no different than anyone else. Australia has made that very clear. I just wish everyone would have been on the same page from the get-go. Yeah, just to jump in on that, for, for the rest of time, he'll be Novak's Djokovic to me. Um, and, and that was going to be my New Year's resolution to the government of Australia. Great job. Stick to your guns. They have a 90% vax rate. And when they announced he was going to get an exemption, people were up in arms. 
-hmm. you know, they're doing everything they can against this disease. I wish our country was as diligent as Australia was. And we wouldn't, maybe wouldn't be in quite the mess we're still in. So good for them. And you know what? You don't want to get vaccinated. That's your call. But decisions have consequences. Okay. And if those are the rules, those are the rules. And if you can't go to Australia because of that, then you can't go. And that's the way it goes. And you got to live with your own decision. Apologies, Ben Roethlisberger cut off our internet, but we're back now. Very good. <laughs> um, I'm glad I caught you on this topic because yes. uh, that it is a country that has done the right thing about COVID. They, mm -hmm. They've done the right thing all along and they're doing the right thing right now. And here's the prime minister making a comment about it um, because it involves a celebrity. But mm -hmm. the rules are rules. This is the way it is. It's unfortunate. I think he's a tremendous player, tremendous person for what he's done. You know, he's an immortal, but the fact is, this is the way it is, and it's unfortunate. Uh, we're, we're not political here. We won't tell people to get vaccinated, but rules are rules, and this is a country that if they let him in, what happens to everybody else? I think they handle it exceptionally well. All right. Eric, you want to go? Well, I will take the hat off. As you know, when somebody passes who I think deserves some attention, uh, We'd like to mention a highlight of that. And, you know, the, there's more sad news from the AFC West as we've lost uh, Dan Reeves. Uh, and this man spent 38 years, folks, in the NFL. He participated in nine Super Bowls. People forget that he played. He The third most of anyone. That's an amazing number. It's not a coincidence. There's a reason. You're pretty good at what you do. He won a ring as a member of the Cowboys, started his coaching career there, and a darn good mentor. When you have Tom Landry as your coaching mentor, you're going to do just fine. Uh, 13 years as a head coach in Denver, guided the Broncos to three Super Bowls. And let's just say it this way, a nice way, it's a feat to get that far once, never mind just three times. As we know, he coached the Giants and the Falcons, and he got Atlanta to Super Bowl 33. And ironically, that had to hurt. He lost to Denver. But he had 201 coaching victories, which is tied with Marv Levy. He's tied in 11 playoff wins and joins Levy and Grant with four appearances without a title. But still, Hall of Famers. Make no mistake, Dan Reeves is a winner. And although he passed due to dementia, uh, he'll always be remembered by people in Denver and in the Broncos' ring of fame. Put that man in the Hall of Fame. Was he the last one to wear a tie as well? <laughs> That's a good point. I think he so. outlasted Dick. I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Put him in the Hall of Fame. All right. Am I up? You're up. This week, a special shout out to a group of Raider fans. You guys know I'm a. I love Twitter. There's a group of Raider fans. I've been following their thread for over a year now. And the hashtag is Chewy's Beer Brigade. It's, it's a group. I'll leave it up there. Chewy? Chewy. Chewy. It's a group of Raider fans that I've been following their thread, and they love to take self-videos of them chugging beers for the for the Raiders or for whatever. I love it. And, uh, you know, back in the day, that was never my thing. I was more of a marathon guy when I was out having uh, some cold ones. But I'm fascinated by this because there's some real <laughs> – these guys can go, and girls. And uh, so I was part of their thread uh, New Year's Eve. I was home with my wife. The boys were sleeping. We had some champagne out. And one of them, I think it was either Chewy or Oscar, said, when are you going to join the brigade? Because I've been on the thread for a while. I said, someday I will. Well, half an hour later, I'm like, wait, I have a beer down. Well, hold on. And I went down, and then I was like, I don't even know if I can chug a full beer. It's been so long. And I did. And I was officially welcomed into Chewy's beer brigade. All right. So a shout out to Chewy, Oscar, Wendy, who's also a Husker fan, my soul sister. Wow. Chugging That's Jimmy. Rare. And a Braves fan too, Ash. Uh, chugging Jimmy in his burner account, Bill, Robert, Jay, and Chugatron, who is just a marvel. And to all of you, and those that I didn't mention, I know I didn't get everybody, to all of you in the Raider Nation, cheers Ooh. to you. <laughs> Holy smokes. I wish I was having a beer at 149 in the afternoon. Wait, isn't this like TV? I think he's drinking apple juice. That is, no, that wow. is awesome. Just win, baby. That's a that's a lost art. Beer chugging is a lost art. And it is very hard to do. I've never seen a Raider 
I've never seen a Raider fan chug a beer. <coughs> Not. Good for you. Yeah, you know, it was liberating. I actually did two rounds New Year's Eve, and I said, you know what? I'm going to give the group a shout-out this week on the podcast. And, uh, Heck yeah. Um, so what the hell? And besides, we got a big football game coming up on Sunday. And tell them you chug a beer at the end. That'd be great. <laughs> Watch our podcast for Sean chugging a beer. That's how I'm going to promote it this week. <laughs> You'll see Sean chug a beer at the end. We're, we're breaking barriers here. Yeah. Listen, we could have come out with some champagne and cheers. I had to go to work. Otherwise, I would have cheers with some champagne for the new year. But Gotcha. Got to go to work. So you you take the mantle. All right. Let's see what I can do. Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year, Ash. Happy New Year. Good luck to the the Raiders. I'll be on uh, News Channel 13 NBC right after. All right. Hopefully it's not at like one in the morning. We tend to play late games with overtime and all that. From your mouth to God's ears. I hate when that happens. So I hope you get a regulation win. So you're happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. And then we'll talk about all of it next week on Across the Board. Very good. Stay safe this year. Have a wonderful uh, 2022. Look up, be positive, and we all have each other. Please. Bye now.